All right. So, um, good afternoon, everyone. Thanks for joining Voice Space Talk Show today. So, as we know, this is the month um, to celebrate and recognize women's um, success and contribution, right? Whether or not it's our mother, our sisters, you know, lady bosses, or even the great um, lady leaders in the world, right? So, if you have been wanting to appreciate any one of them, I think this is the best time to do so. So in March, Voice Space will be having the International Women's Day series with um, different topics focusing on women. And today we have Camilla and Josephine to share with us about motherhood and women's entrepreneurship in Voice Space. While waiting for more people to come in, right? Um, let's have our speakers to share their background with us first and I will share what is Voice Space before we jump into the topic. Okay, so um, Camilla, do you mind to start first introducing yourself yeah, to our audiences and also um, what do you do for a living? Mm. Um, hi everyone, I'm Camilla from Insightful. Um, I'm a private um, psychological practice. I, hope I have a own private psychological practice. That's what I do for a living. So I'm a psychologist and also a businesswoman running it. Um, yeah, and we offer training programs. We work with clients for a myriad of um, mental health-related issues. Um, so we do the therapy, we do the psychological assessment, um, we provide training for public. Um, we do also our own um, internal research as well. So I think an interesting fact for people to know um, in the mental health space, so in my practice, actually a, a good number of clients who come and see me do not have a mental health disorder. Um, rather, they're experiencing, you know, a rather difficult or challenging time in their life. Um, and my role is to journey with them during that difficult period as we work together. Yeah. Okay. So, so that means that people, I mean, it's not necessary for anyone um, only when they have some, you know, mental challenges. Um, to seek for a psychologist. In I, fact, think what, I think what a lot of people don't know is that they tend to mesh, you know, mental health and mental illness and use it very interchangeably. Um, when you talk about mental health, then you can look from it from perspective as, you know, why do people have a gym instructor? Why do people put in a routine to have a, you know, exercise routine to keep themselves physically fit? So seeing a, a psychologist or a counsellor, that's one of the reasons how we can maintain our mental health. Right. Of course, those who have mental illness, those are already diagnosed um, either by a psychiatrist or a psychologist and that's why they are seeking treatment. Okay. Yeah. Okay. yeah. Okay. That's a very good piece of information today. Alright, mm. so um, thank you for the introduction, Camilla. Um, how about um, Josephine? So uh, please introduce um, um, with us. Um, what, so what do you do for leading and also a little bit about your background? Sure. Hi, everybody. Good afternoon. Um, so for me, I have been working in the public service for the last 12, 13 years. So it's only recently in the last one year that I decided, or last six months actually, that I decided to come out on my own and start up something. Hmm. Um, so my specialization is actually on parenting, uh, very tight ah, okay. to, to your uh, topic today on motherhood. Yeah. 
because has in my my years in the public service, I was actually helping the unemployed Singaporeans. Um, I was journeying with them uh, in their careers, their lack of careers. And while I was coaching all these individuals, I found that a lot of times, right, when people are on their career journey, they forget about their original family journey. And also a lot of um, job seekers out there, people who are in the, in the workspace, um, tend to neglect their families. And I myself fall into that trap as well. You know, I was pursuing a career. And then when I started my family uh, not too long ago, I realized that hey, this motherhood thing is not easy. Yeah? Mm. And I also realized that, you know, in, Singaporeans are always in the red race. Uh. It's an eternal cycle that we are, you know, endless cycle that we're running. So I said, okay, no, no, no. In order to, when I see all these job seekers, when they come in about their lack of, the inability to find work. Uh, eventually, when they, when I dig deeper and ask them more about their challenges, their families are the ones that eventually suffer. And being Singaporean, I think that a I have a greater purpose here. I want our future generations not to fall into the very materialistic kind of, you know, cycle that it seems to be heading towards right now. It's not about the money. It's not about the cars that we drive. You know, it's about the satisfaction in life. Uh, not yeah. only in, in your job, but in your overall life. So I thought, okay, at this age, mid-40s, I'm also on a, a mid-career switch. I also have my own mid-career life crisis. So I thought, okay, it's either now or never. And so I decided to embark on, on this journey to become my own boss. Uh, of course, I'm working with some partners. And to start on this uh, very fulfilling uh, journey on trying to teach individuals, uh, work with families on this uh, thing called parenthood, motherhood yeah. especially. It's, it's something that people think is actually easy, but none of us are ever thought to be mothers. You know, we're just thrown into this role and then suddenly we're like, okay, what do we do with it? There's an ex unspoken expectation to know yeah, what to do. <laughs> exactly. It's hard enough to bring a life, but it's yeah. even harder to raise a life. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so it's easy to give birth, you know. Yes. <laughs> In retrospect, I'm like, okay, giving birth is easy, but raising... The human is not. That's the hardest. That is the hardest and you know, inculcating values and yes. not just, and we always try and talk about, it's not just uh, academic grades. You also want mm. kids to be happy, but what is actually happiness? Happiness yeah. is something very elusive, but yeah. I think everybody's changing after it. Mm. I think, I, so I told myself, I need to walk the talk. I cannot mm. teach my children something when I myself I'm so tired after a work day when I come home, I'm screaming at them. That is not happiness. They are going to think, oh, happiness is like that. When mommy gets grouchy and then she beats us and, you know, and she screams at us. Mm, that's a happy family life. <laughs> I know how happiness looks like when yeah. mommy screams at me. Oh, no. Exactly. Or when mommy and daddy are crawling about money. That is the ideal family life, you know. <laughs> yeah. True, yeah. true. Yeah. I, I, I think, I think, yeah, that's, that's, that's quite powerful. Uh, because, um, I mean, a few days back, right, I was just, like, speaking to one of my, this friend, uh, who actually just gave birth, like, um, this month. Yeah, early mm. this month. I think just uh, one week ago. So, so, she's, she also has his, uh, her own, um, 
she call it the playhouse. Uh. So what she do is that she will get um, um, very, very young babies uh, from one to um, three years old to come in and then she will curate different activities for them to play to learn. Mm-hmm. And I think it's really amazing of the work that she put up. And um, I asked her this question actually. So what actually makes her, um, you know, continue to do it? Because it's, it's, I can see from the polls, from, from the work that she has done, it's very, very difficult. And she's actually working alone. So what she said this, which is very impactful to me, is that she said she don't take this as a job. She said mm. this is part of her life. Oh, that just mind blown. <laughs> because I think that's very important when 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 so-called job is part of your life, right? And that is something that you're always seeking for and you have the passion on. And that will eventually drive you through going every day. Yeah, so I mean um, that was a very, very good um, message that I got. Yeah. yeah, so thanks for the um, introduction from both of you. Okay, so uh, what I'll do now is that um, before we jump into um, the topic, right, uh, I would like to also introduce about voice space because I'm sure that um, a lot of us today, we are all wondering, what is this voice space? So my name is Jun. I'm a co-founder of a FMB tech and also MPO, non-profit organization um, tech startup. And I co-found voice space with um, another partner about a month ago. So what happens is that we realize in today's world, learning and sharing are very, very easy. And it's very convenient because everything is online right now. But there's actually half of the population around the world has very limited access to internet that limits themselves to access to all these, you know, video conferencing, um, all the live streaming, all the, you know, Facebook Live and all these things. So voice space, we are a voice content platform. We aim to bring the community closer and also making learning and sharing easier through voice only. That's why you realize during this talk show, right, we will not share any information on the screen, including videos and also um, share screen. So uh, please look up for us in Facebook. We do have a Telegram channel as well. And just search for Voice Space, V-O-I-C-E-S-P-A-C-E, and you will be able to find us. Um, you can get our upcoming events over there as well as our crowdfunding campaign. We are currently doing a crowdfunding app to build the iOS and Android app for better user experience and also more interactive features in the app to take over our current uh, web app right now that we have. Okay, so um, I'm sure we are all excited and ready for topics today. So friends in our Zoom, right, if you want to contribute or ask any questions, please feel free to unmute yourself. This is a, a, a talk show. We take it as a, a chit-chat. We share um, with each other. And if you are watching um, this in the Facebook Live and you would like to join in the conversation, so what you have to do is very simple. Just join in the Zoom link that's provided in the Facebook. Okay, so Camilla and Josephine, um, both of you co-found your businesses. Right, and um, Josephine, today you are also a mother of two, yes. and um, yeah, maybe we we'll have Camilla to share with us first. Um, so, what actually makes you want to start your own business um, back then? Um, this is a very good question. I think similar to to Josephine, I was also in the public sector as a psychologist for about two years, and. I mean, I was serving a very meaningful population, but 
at some point, I started questioning, will this be the only population that I serve for the rest of my career as a psychologist? And is there more that I can do? So um, the opportunity kind of like also came when, when my mom fell sick and I was like, you know, wow, it's very hard as a public servant to, you know, take that time off and, and attend to my mom. And uh, I mean, I had a very good understanding bosses, but it, it's also, it didn't feel nice that I had to keep, you know, being away from the work where it was more collaborative. So... I decided to leave and have that flexibility in being available to the family, but more importantly, deciding what kind of impact that I want to create and how can I serve, um, you know, the, the Singapore community and also Asia in terms of the mental health space. And that was why, um, I mean, one thing I also realized, the population that I serve uh, in the ministry, there was a lot of available resource. And as I was, I was deciding what to do and which population to, to work with and stuff like that, uh, it became more apparent that those in the middle income to the, you know, the those um, in the higher socioeconomic status, they don't really know where to access the resources for mental health. Um, the general public actually still don't really know what are the areas of help that they can get in terms of mental health and stuff like that um, available here. And of course, when, you're in a, when, you, when you turn to the public sector for help, the wait list is always really long. It's never mm. the frequency and availability to really attend to the clients. Um, it's quite limited because of the sheer volume that comes. So that was why I started my private practice and you know wanted to be able to provide that um to the clients that i get, get to work with mm, okay that's mm -hmm. um that, um i think that's a very very good um, way to start right um it's very purposeful i would say um yeah. yeah so so after you started right what, what do you see the difference in terms of the um, um you know contribution because you you feel that you, the question that you ask yourself is that, is this the, the only population that you want to serve? Mm. So after you started, what, what do you see different from there? Mm, in fact, interestingly, the cases, you know, the clients that I see became more interesting for me from a, from a professional and a career fulfilling point of uh, perspective. Um, more variety. The challenges were really different with each individual that I see. And definitely, I get to serve uh, individuals from really all walks of life this time round. And, and I think that suited me as an individual better yeah, rather yeah. than just attending to one um, specific population. And I enjoy the work a lot more. In fact, there are, there are also times where as much as clients come to me to help them through journey that difficult period, um, I learn a lot about other things from them. You know, um, I have clients who share with me, like, you know, how tough it is when they are in, let's say, for example, in a VC, when they are also their own bosses, when they run family business, <laughs> you know, and, and that really also opened my eyes to see the different ages of, the Sing of Singaporeans and what they actually want to pursue. But I think whether I work previously in the public sector or now in the private sector, the one thing that keeps coming up is 
um, for individuals is I want to be happy or I want my partner to be happy. <laughs> for the parents, and I'm sure Joe can relate, like what we talked about earlier on, is I want my children to be happy. You know? yeah. So in, in pursuit of this happiness, stability, inner peace, um, it's also nice to see for once people really want to work on themselves. Yeah, and they're willing to to work on this journey of self discovery and self development. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Mm. Okay, that's cool. So, um, so what what is your what what do you think that has changed you the most? You know, from as a so called employee, and then now you yourself as a so called business owner or boss. Um, mm. um, what actually excites you in terms of being a um, business in I mean, woman in business. Uh, I like to see the, the company grow, you know, so as much as I journey with individuals and, and I, jo- I enjoy watching them grow, you know, from where they were when they first came to see me to where they are um, at the end of therapy. I also enjoy watching my business, um, seeing my business grow, um, of course, in terms of the money aspect, which is the business, <laughs> but also um, in terms of, you know, people really coming up to us and asking us, you know, hey, could you come and uh, give us a talk on this to learn a little bit more about mental health? And, and, you know, a lot of times when we started out, it's really free talks, you know, it's not, there's no yeah. money involved. Mm. But it's more so the teaching and the learnings and the questions that they come with um, that I also enjoy and I don't have to think very hard about certain restrictions. Yeah. <laughs> um, <laughs> Because you, because you are the one who set the restrictions. <laughs> correct, correct, correct. And, and um, other than what I also enjoy is the flexibility. So other than my parents, I have um, three dogs, I have three boys. I, mm. I like being able to also attend to them when they are not well and I can really arrange my schedule to make sure that if they are unwell, I can bring them to the vet on time and things like that. Mm. Yeah. Okay, so mm-hmm. it, it it sounds like when I mean you have more control, okay, mm-hmm. in terms of your your time management, flexibility, and mm-hmm. also, um, the extensive that you can work on in terms of um maybe the projects and also the things mm-hmm. that you are doing. So, yeah. um, yeah. So will you will, because I I also wondering right for women mm-hmm. to start their own business right, mm-hmm. what what kind of challenges do you have and do you experience um, so-called, you know, these are very, very um, popular words, uh, which is the gender inequality, right? Um, do you face any of these um, challenges? Mm, to be honest, no. Mm, okay, that's <laughs> um, great. I attended, so at the start, when I, when I, after registering, you know, the first thing, you go to Accra and then you register the company's name. Mm. Uh, it was more so okay. I registered the company name, but I don't know what to do now. <laughs> <laughs> I, I, so it went on more so on a, on my. It was more so on my self um, journey to mm. make sure that I have a paradigm shift, because now yeah. I'm a business owner and a psychologist. So while I serve people in the mental health space, I also need to make sure that I'm accountable to my co-founder, um, mm. and I also run a business. Yeah. So when I went to attend the network networking sessions, um, and I don't like networking, <laughs> it was quite painful. Um, <laughs> it's very intentional in the networking events that I chose. 
Right. So I was looking more so for like-minded people who wanted to network rather than saying that, hey, you know, am I going to a space where it's more male-oriented or more female-oriented? Um, I was more looking like what you mentioned earlier on the purpose of why this networking event was created. So that part in terms of gender inequality, it wasn't, there wasn't really much of a challenge when I started out. Um, The challenge was really from, you know, the business side and and having a paradigm shift um, and finding my niche because everywhere says that I have to find my niche in order to build a good business but nowhere <laughs> taught me how to find my niche <laughs> so okay, that was, okay. yeah so that was more so why I went into um, the networking events yeah I understand okay so that there, there's a purpose of it when you go to a networking event yes but interestingly um, in my search of the networking events uh, there were quite a number of uh, women entrepreneur or women targeted, uh, women business owner targeted kind of networking events, mm. um, which I think to a lot of women, it, it helps provide that support system, um, especially for women who are in a business that is very, in a very male-dominated uh, industry. Yeah, yeah, yeah right, yeah. right. Mm. Yeah, I think that's, that's really great. Um, I mean, I, I wouldn't have the chance to experience that. Um, mm. So, what what is your experience when you're in this community in terms of you know getting all the support from different uh, women in you know entrepreneurs? Uh, how how different it is from the so called the normal society, which is like you know both genders. Mm. Well, that's a very good question, and I don't know if I'm the right person to answer because, like I said, when when I when I go and attend to, to this event, when I attend these events or when I connect with people, my intention has always been what's the purpose of us being here rather mm. than looking at gender. But yeah. of course, I have met women who, because they are in an industry where it's more male-dominated, Correct. for them, they shared that, that support is a lot more important for them. So what the, the outcome then became we have our own little you know chat group <laughs> To uh, help okay. support the rest, yeah, yeah, rather, <laughs> yeah, rather than it really being me needing the that specific support, I think in that process, what helped was you know knowing that we're all fellow business owners, regardless of whether you're male or female. Yeah, um, we we struggle similar things. It's just yeah. that when you are in a certain sector, your struggles will be different, and you know how yeah. do we really support one another and be more open. In saying that, hey, you know, I'm really having difficulties in these in these areas. Um, have you experienced it before? You know, are you, can you all share a little bit? How can I tide over this period? Okay. I mean, yeah. that's that's good to hear in terms of um, um, you don't really experience any gender inequality, right? Um, mm. which, is, which, is, which is good because um, that's not something that we, we want. And uh, it has been a, quite a, a major issue, you know, in other part of the world. So, yeah. So, what what about yourself, Josephine? Um, Josephine, do you do you ever experience um any gender inequality when you you know started your own business? Um, so far, I've been quite blessed. Uh, the people <laughs> that I've been talking to and all that, they have, they are very respectful. Um, that being said, in my previous role, um, as a coach, uh. There were a lot of um, professionals who came in seeking help, right? 
yeah. uh, who were very condescending. And these could range from your C-suites to your business owners yeah. um, to your higher management. So I don't want to make a general sweeping statement to say that yes, there is gender inequality because I think people are more progressive these days. I think it just depends on the individual and their perspective on their lives and you know, mm. their own yeah. self-esteem. Yeah. Right. I think in Singapore these days, a lot of the glass ceiling has been lifted, although there is still. Mm. Um, but I think we're getting there. So the gender inequality is not so stuck. Mm. Yeah. 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 Okay. I mean that <clears throat> that's really good. Um so 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 let's come back to the question whereby um why do you first started this um um, business right that you have shared just now and what what is your challenges you know throughout this journey when you first started your your consultancy your your business um until today okay so being a career practitioner um there are of course a few career theories lah. some mm. one of the theories is that your career happens to you means you know you just happen to find this job and then you are stuck with it for a long time and then you find another job because you're not happy for me, this was a very deliberate planning process. When I had my first child in 2016, I already, before I had, so when I got pregnant, I was thinking, do I want to stay at home as a full-time housewife or do I still want to work? You know, I think a lot of women are at crossroads, especially when they get married and they decide they want to start a family. So yeah. for me, it was, I don't think I'm the stay-at-home type, you know. <laughs> I'm not so domestic. Yeah. <laughs> I enjoy meeting people. I enjoy the 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 challenge that work gives me. And I've right. seen my mom. My mom was a full time stay on housewife, mm. and I really appreciated that she was there for me all those years when I was in school. But I also saw how she did not progress as an individual, right? Because she was not exposed. So That's I said, correct. I don't believe that we can't have the best of both worlds. Uh. It's just about managing it. So, like I said, when 2016, when I got, uh, no, 2014, sorry, when I got pregnant, I made a very deliberate career move to start taking a certification in coaching, like, uh, because I wanted to make that career change. Because I know coaching could be done, it's very flexible, it's your own time, own target. Hmm. So, I didn't know what I wanted to coach in, but I just took that step first. And then after that, um, yeah, the universe just paved the way for me. Everything just fell into place. So, to, it's the life stage, but it's also take the, whatever opportunity comes. So, yeah. that's where I am today because of a few things happening and everything just falling into place. And then also, you know, finding this new company together with some like-minded people is also really very happenstance. It just happened. Mm. Yeah. I think yeah, I, I think it's very important uh, that you manage to you know take your very first step um back then. Because uh, what I realized is a lot of people when they are stuck, right, they are afraid to step out. Mm. And they will be, you know, sunk deeper and deeper. Um yeah, so so it, what what is your advice when when people they are having this situation that you know they don't know what to do, they they don't like their current situation, but they are at the same time they are afraid to you know um, um, go out of the box. 
So that's why I always tell my job seekers that is called insanity, you know. <laughs> Doing the same thing over and over and hoping for a different result. <laughs> yeah. Um, it's so I've I've seen this pattern in any any individual who is in in their in their a certain phase of life that they get stuck in where they are, but because of a certain lifestyle that they have and um, the familiarity and the comfort zone that they have in the, the things that they do, right? They are very afraid to move and to make that change. But life happens to you, you know, whether or not you move now or you move later, um, it just happens. If you don't move now, eventually the economy will go into a certain phase where it is right now with the pandemic and nobody could have guessed this would be something that's so uh, catastrophic, for lack of a better word, that it forces mm. you to change anyway, even if you don't like it. So rather yeah. than make that involuntary change, why not plan for it? You know, um, mm. so a lot of uh, mid-career switches in the late, now uh, the government, when you're 35 and above, you become a mature worker. That is the government um, categorization, which I also think um, by 35, if you're over 35, it, you should start thinking about, is this the kind of job that you want to do? Does it give you satisfaction? These are important <laughs> questions that people Can need to ask. Can ask earlier or not? I think I asked myself a bit. <laughs> you're, you're more progressive because maybe the pain is, is there. <laughs> I think you can ask earlier. And I've, we've also been, in my previous role, I've also been seeing a lot more uh, grads. I won't say fresh grads because then they work in the uh, workforce for two or three years, starting to ask themselves those questions. Is this what I want to do? I'm not happy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But yeah. this is what I studied, you know. Then how? My parents are going to be unhappy if I change. But then I also see a lot of these people in that age group making that bold move to just go and do what they love. Yeah. Yeah. So, right. yeah. I, I, I think the one of the things is the family support. That's very, very important. Um, yeah. And um, um, I, I came across a lot of my uni mates uh, they are in the same class as me, right? But when I ask them, so why do you choose this course? A lot of them, they'll just say, oh, because my parents like it. Or because my parents chose for me. And when they, you know, graduated and they go into the, the society, they, they seek for a job. It's, I think it's painful for them because they are doing something that they don't like. Yep. And it's very, very tough for them. I think also from the parents' end is... is trusting their child. So when I went into psychology, right, the first thing my mom asked was, what is this? Who in the world studies this? Where you going to make money? <laughs> 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 it was like in the early, early 2000 something, 2004, 05. And she's like, are you sure? What is this? I've never even heard of this. You know, what are you going to do when you graduate with this degree? Yeah. Um, I said that no, I want to go and do post grad. And because my academic at the time was really bad, right? She was <laughs> like, no, 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 no. You don't think so far. You just finish your your degree first. Um, it was only when I went in to do my degree, and then you know, mental health was starting to be a little bit more. Um, there was a little bit of uh, awareness starting to kick up a bit more. Mm-hmm. Then she was like, oh, so this is what you're studying about. <laughs> Before that, it was like, no, 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 you shouldn't go into this course. Why don't you go into something else that when you graduate, you know, you can find a job. So at that time, also, I told her, I said, look, mental health will be something to look forward to in the future. Um, but at the age, I was able to do that because also, uh, after all levels, I took a gap year because I didn't know what I wanted to study. And I didn't mm. want to go to study 
for the sake of studying. Yeah. Um, so I went to look around and see what is it that I wanted to do. And of course, like what you said, parental support um, is very important because it was not easy for my parents to say that, yeah, my daughter is taking a year off. Uh, kind of like basically telling her friends she doesn't know what she wants to do. <laughs> <laughs> you know, so for them, it was also not easy. And then the next thing you know, going to psychology, at time, everybody's like, what is that? Um, but then, you know, my parents uh, wrote that journey along with me also, uh, eventually going to me going to postgrad and coming back. So that support and understanding from parents that when the child starts to live their life as an adult, it's really them living through it. Uh, and, and sometimes as the child, the adult child, it can be quite difficult having to have that kind of conversation with parents. Yeah. Right, right. So, yep. so um, Josephine, I, I'm pretty sure that you, you, you will be facing that very, very soon. <laughs> so how, how do you think you'll, you'll mm-hmm. be handling this part of um, you know, the kids' journey? So I'm in my mid-40s and I'm that generation that grew up and I'm from a Pratnakan family. So whatever your parents say, you have to listen, especially my mother. Um, and so at that time, you know, it's like, you need to do this, you need to do this. Uh, you don't really have a free will. And because of that, I also feel that I want my kids to have free will because at the end of the day, they are individual human beings themselves. Has I was struggling when I was in my adolescence and when I was in my working life, um, I realized the struggle is real. When your parents mm-hmm. are breathing down your neck and telling you, you need to find this job, you cannot do this, you cannot do that. And I also, at that point, decided that that's not how I want a parent. Mm. Yeah, But of course, at the end of the day, somehow subconsciously, you parent the way that you were parented. So mm. I also saw myself becoming my mother (laughs) (laughs) and I had to consciously say no because when I first had my kid I was still in my full-time job so I left the 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 caregiving to my mom who was already quite old and all that and then I realized wow I had this kid I have this kid but I'm not fully present and is this going to be like that for the next 20 years of their lives so I, I told myself this is not a decision that I I want to be working full-time. No, I want to be there for my kids, just like my mom was there for me. Of course, other parents will make different choices and that's fine. But you need to be able to live with that choice that you make. That's Mm. the message that I want to also let parents know. Whatever you do, you need to not have that mom guilt because I know a lot of mothers have that mom Mm. guilt. I need Mm. to work because, you know, I need to give my kids a certain quality of life. Mm. And that's fine. But, you know, don't have that guilt that, that's all overshadowing you every time when you leave the house to go to work or when you scream at them because you already have so little energy left to interact with them. Yeah, so that, that, so for me, I, I want to be present with my kids. Um, when they come home from school, I want to be their friend. Of course, easier said than done. Uh. <laughs> you know, I haven't reached the, the point where they are teenagers and they're adolescents yeah. where, you know, everything is almost out of my hands. But at least I would like to know that I have molded them with certain values in mm. the formative years of their lives. Okay, that's okay. Mm, yeah, so, so what, what would be your advice if let's say today there's a mother um, that came to you and said that she's a very, very busy um, um, 
um, you know, uh, she has a very busy work. She has to work every day, come back home, OT at night really. Like, don't really have much time to spend with your kids. Um, how, how will you actually, you know, advise them in terms of overcoming this? Because I'm, I'm pretty sure it's very stressful for her in terms of um, the work and also as a mother. Yes, I already have a lot of colleagues coming to me and saying, hey, how you do it? Uh? How you, yeah. you know? <laughs> and to me, it's a choice. It's a conscious choice. And of course, people say, I don't have a choice. In Singapore, we got choice. so expensive. Not making a choice and saying no choice is also a choice. Mm, correct. <laughs> life that you want to lead. Are yeah. you happy doing this day in day out? So obviously, when like you said, the scenario, the mother is really not happy, right? You mm. know, I work so long hours, I'm burnt out, you know, but I need to work. Who says? You know, if you're yep. living in a condo, you're going for holidays, you're eating out all the time, can cut down? Can, you know. Mm-hmm. There are a lot of families in Singapore who have five kids and they still, you know, uh, manage to get by. But if you want to live like, you know, I want to give my kids tuition, I want to go on my two holidays a year, I want to eat at fancy restaurants, I want to drive this car, that car, then I would say to that person, then, you know, something has to give. Uh. So it's yeah. all about the choices that you make. Yeah. And, and I can add on from the child's perspective, since I'm seeing a lot of... <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> I've worked with children and I mean more so teenagers for more than 15 years and the one thing well there are two things that comes out very common one is when they're at their age they don't want to be a burden to anyone especially their parents Um, the second thing is I've seen children and youth from all walks of life here from the low SES to the high SES the common thing that comes up is always parents don't spend enough time with me no matter how much money or how much uh, the latest iPhone you get them, the latest uh, gaming console and whatever you get them, it cannot and you know it cannot replace uh, the time that is spent, the actual physical time that is spent with the child. So I have teenagers who come to me and you know really in session crying and saying that you know I wish my parents would spend time with me. I mean they buy me very nice stuff and I'm grateful, but I would like their time. Yeah. yeah. So like what Joe said, it's really a conscious effort and a conscious choice. You know, there's a choice to set better boundaries um, once it's after office hours and to spend time with people who matter. Because uh, as a parent also, right, and I'm speaking from personal experience, so my dad is a high flyer in his work. Mm. And by the time he left his job and he realized that my sister and I were already in our 20s. And that moment, he realized that he, he totally didn't get to see us grow up. I mean, he was at home. Yeah. But, you know, because he was working and working and chasing that corporate ladder, like what Joe said earlier on, uh, he, he himself as a father, he missed that out. You know, so as a parent, um, Joe will share that perspective of the time that they want to value and cherish. You know, I'm, I'm seeing from the perspective of the child and the youth and what they tell me, you know, no matter how, how much, how many things you buy for them, it will never buy your time that you actually spend with them. Yeah. And to add on, don't get me wrong. I'm not saying that there has to be a parent that stays home or mm. know, the woman yeah. you need to stay home. No. At the same time, 
when you work and you come home and you spend that quality time with your kids, do you have enough mental and physical energy to mm. be present? Mm. You can you can chase your career, you know, from eight to, to six or seven o'clock. That's fine. But when you come home and you are with your spouse, don't forget we wear many hats. Huh? We are also a wife, we're also a yeah. child, we're also sister, brother, or to somebody else. Do you have that mental capacity left to mm. be present with every single person that is important to you? Mm. And so in my, my parenting, right, I, I I teach emotional uh, insights. It means being able to attune to your child. So you can be working, but when you come home and your child gets cranky, right? Can you emotionally connect and say that, hey, okay, I'm not going to scream because, you know, I'm really so frustrated. I, I, I don't know what you want. Why is it that you want? Why are you so cranky? I've already given you this. No. Can you come back and say, oh, you are upset? Is there something that you would like me to do? Or is there something that happened? So can you connect with your child? If you can do that, well, fine. You know, your lifestyle is working for you, your job and all that. Um, but that's not what I, I see happening in Singapore. Even for myself, when I was holding that full-time job, even part-time as well, because, you know, there's no flexibility even in part-time work. Fixed number of hours you have to be in your office and all that. Um, when I came home, right, I already didn't have that mental capacity to connect with my husband connect with my kids and toddlers being very very young right they don't have that emotional vocabulary and all they can do is just come and cry then you get very mangsang why is it that you want why you know so <laughs> my message is it's not about whether you you give up your work or not it's not that it's about having you know enough in you to to give to everything that you have 100 percent. yeah that's i think that's very powerful um i mean for but as what you mentioned, talk is definitely easier than doing, right? Yes. So if let's say for, for, for a lot of them as a mother, um, having all the stress out there, come back home, um, what, what will you, you know, advise them in terms of, if let's say they don't know how to connect with their kids, right? Um, they are just, you know, just really very nonsense. And the kids are just being very cranky. So what, what can they do for the very first step? My advice is to find yourself first. Know what is it, set certain goals, what is it that you want. Is it your career? Is it your kids? So, you know, set, a, do goal setting, you know, write down what yeah. is it that you want. And for me, my philosophy is only when we are grounded in our families, do we have the peace of mind uh, to go and find the drive and energy to do other things. That's true 100% being at work. You know, if your family is in chaos or you're, you know, um, you're having problems with your marriage or you're having difficulties with your child, you realize that the work will just be something as a distraction. You, you just want to get away from your family. But at the end of the day, you don't find satisfaction in the work. So most importantly is to ground the family. Ground yourself, ground the family and make sure that the family, the foundation of that space that grounds you, right, is... Uh, stable then you go out there and do whatever else that you want be it your career set up your own business Th that would be my advice okay that's um i think that's quite useful uh, setting goals um which will also clear up the directions that you want to move ahead and mm. that makes things easier so do you think that um you know as as an employee and also right now as a business owner 
is work-life balance possible? You said Espe the balance. As, especially when you have, you know, kids. <laughs> you set the balance. <laughs> you need to set the balance and it's not about 50-50. It's not, okay, some people say, okay, I want to have 50-50 work-life balance. That means I, you know, work half the day and then the other day, the rest of the day is for my kids. Uh, I think the balance is set on a daily basis for me, I realize. Because human beings are not static, you know. Mm. Today, my kid might have a meltdown and then that would mean that whatever I set to do from 9 to, let's say, 1 o'clock she comes home, I, or after that I plan to work again, I, I don't have that luxury anymore because my child is in distress. I might have to spend the rest of the afternoon and night as well being with her. So you have to be fluid about it. Um, there is work-life balance. You set your own work-life balance, but you cannot um, expect that every day, you know, you knock off work at the same time or your kids come home and they do the same thing without disturbing you. That is not possible. Especially now that we work from home, right? I, I think everybody would know that it's not possible to say, okay, nine to one, don't disturb me I'm in my room. <laughs> Unless you have a lot of support, you know, you have a helper, your mm. in-laws, your parents, everybody helps you, then you can like switch off and have that work-life balance. So depending on your own family situation, right, and the support that you can or cannot have, then you set your own balance. Huh? You need to be realistic. Right? Yeah, that's quite true. Huh? <laughs> yeah, so it's not elusive, this work-life balance, but at the same time, it's not fixed also. That's okay. from my own personal experience. Yeah. So how about yourself, Camilla? I, I'm pretty sure that uh, as a psychologist, there will be a lot of people coming in um, seeking advice in terms of how do they actually balance up their life? What, what will be your advice to them? Mm, I think a lot got to do with uh, what is it that you want. You know, if you want to chase the corporate ladder and, and have that kind of ambitious um, career, then being aware of what is it that you are sacrificing. Can you live with those things that you're going to sacrifice now? And then find the time and set proper boundaries to still make sure that you are taking care of yourself. You know, because at the end of the day, we talk about balance, work-life balance. It's always making sure that I have me time. Right? Whether you are a parent or you are a business owner or your employee is always making sure that you have me time, you know, to, to decompress and having a space where you can just be you, whether it's just mindlessly clicking through Netflix and seeing what to watch, you yeah. know, or doing nothing, just listening to music and unwinding. It's always just having that space and that space, even if you can do that for, 10 minutes a day, 15 minutes a day, just to decompress for a while, that helps the individual. So I think sometimes the concept of work-life balance is always like what Joe said earlier, 50% work, 50% our own time. But that so-called 50% of our own time, what does that mean? How much of it goes to family? How much goes of it goes to attending to our parents? Mm -hmm. Then to, you know, your other half and then to your kids and then you have pets, you know, to your pets and then... Where, where is the self? You know, where are you in all that whole picture? So, right. it's really finding the time um, for yourself, okay, your me time, and decompressing. There are some people that I know will wake up at like 4am just to go and run because it's quieter. Um, and they can clear their mind and, and they spend that as their me time to reflect, to be with themselves. And then they get ready for work. 
you know, or some people is really when they get home, you know, they take the first 10 to 15 minutes to have time to themselves, recenter themselves, and then attend to the people around them. Yeah. Hmm. Okay. Mm-hmm. Yes, that's a very good point, which I believe because um, um, there's always a saying about commitment. And based mm. on what you what you mentioned, that uh, what I experienced is that um, commitment is always hundred percent, whether or not mm. it's to your work, it's to your uh, as a as a, you know you you wear different hats, right? Your mm. father, your son, you are a um, friend, so so hundred percent commitment to your work, hundred percent to your work to 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 you yourself, hundred percent to you as a husband, hundred percent to you mm. as a son, instead of like you know. I give twenty percent here, twenty percent there, yeah. um, which which I don't believe yeah. it works in that way. And yeah. um, I I think based on what you just mentioned, it's um a combination of the commitment. Um, mm. Yeah, I think I think that's a very very good point. And um yeah, so I think we are almost there. Just wondering if let's say any audiences um do you have any questions or anything that you want to share, um uh, please feel free to unmute yourself. Um, we we are we are. I mean, we are here to all you know share together, huh? Okay, so maybe one question for you, um, Camilla. Um, yeah. as a woman in in business, right? Um, what will you do when you feel that you are being discouraged in your business? Uh, as in, other people discourage me. Yeah, I mean, whether or not it's um, environment, is the nature of the business, uh, or for people, or just from yourself. Oh, okay. Yeah. So when I face discouragement, is it? Yeah. Um, <laughs> what I'll do is usually I'll take a step back, you know, from all the noise and finding out what is it about that situation that I felt discouraged about. Uh, spending time to reflect, uh, you know, how discouraged I am, whether... Do I really want to let go or do I need to change a direction or change an approach? You know, the truth is, right, <laughs> you own your business or you work for other people, whether in friendships or relationships or, or even being a, a son or a daughter, you will face discouragement from somebody at some point. Yep. You know, and it's whether what you choose to do with that discouragement at that time. You can choose to give up. You can choose to try again. You can choose to recalibrate. You can choose to move away from it a while and come back and relook at it. You know, so um, I don't usually get discouraged. Uh, so oh, <laughs> yeah. Yeah, that's very good. <laughs> but I think yeah, you yeah, I think you yourself um is um so called operating in a very positive way, and and oh. I believe that you are very clear in terms of directions. I think, well, sometimes there is, you know, when I first started this business, there was a huge fog, you know, it was really very foggy and, and, uh, well, there was no discouragement, there was a sense of loss, you know, Mm. I didn't really know what direction to go with this business, where I wanted to go, and I took a step back, because I know myself very well that if I'm in it, I'm all in. There's no one foot in, one foot out, and then drop it halfway. Yeah. So it's also knowing the self well enough. You know, when you face all these challenges, when you're discouraged, how are you as a person in general? Do you generally face it? Do you avoid it? Do you take a break, pause, and come back? Or you discard it and try something new? 
That means you don't start what you finish. So it's also knowing yourself well enough. How do you handle discouragement? So that's why for me, when I was lost, um, I took a step back and was patient with myself also to believe that I will find my way. Um, that's why I went to network, went to figure out how people are doing it, uh, how, you know, what helped them make their decisions. So it's also knowing that as a business owner, right, actually a lot of things you don't know. Yeah, <laughs> you, yeah. you will know your area of strength well, but in terms of running the business, there'll be so many other things that you don't know <laughs> and right. to be okay with it. You know that this is a learning journey for the self also, rather than, I think society looks at bosses as though, wow, you have that good life, right? you own a business, you <laughs> must really know everything. <laughs> The truth is, sometimes we also don't know. Yes, correct. <laughs> yeah. So being comfortable that to tell yourself and say that you know it's okay that I don't know. Um, let me find information on how do I go about doing that. Yeah. Mm, mm, yep. Understand. I I think it's 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 good to summarize in a way that um always recognize what's happening, mm. what's the situation, and then know what you want. Set the goal. If you mm. need to reset the goal, then reset the goal. Um, yeah, yeah. Uh, to recalibrate where, when, where, and when you need to. Correct, correct. Mm. Yeah, and always remember that this is a learning journey. Mm, yeah. Uh, I think yeah. that's that's really great. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So, uh, maybe last question for Josephine. So, um, same questions. What do you feel? What What do you do when you feel like you are discouraged? For example, especially when you know you are holding, uh, two very very big role right as a woman in business and also. Uh, as a mother so maybe there will be some time whereby you ask for you know encouragements or support people will come to you and say you know what it's radical uh, why not you just give up nah it's not possible uh. so what, what do you do when you face all this kind of discouragement my husband is my biggest pillar of strength um, he is my listening ear he's my best friend so I go to him for he's my counsellor <laughs> and my sounding board as well. Uh, yeah, so, so you know, um, when I first started out des- deciding to come out on my own, right, I also faced, in a very short span of less than four months, I, I also met a lot of uh, people who were not very nice and who were mm. not very uh, out of integrity and all that. And that was very challenging because, you know, I always think that people are intrinsically kind and all that. I like to believe that maybe that is also a very naive part of me because in the business world, um, it's every man for himself. Yeah. So I, I, I had to really take solace in my husband. No? And that is why I shared what I shared earlier. The foundation, right? If let's say for women who want to come out and be a business owner and they are juggling uh, motherhood, the family foundation is very important. Only when I realized that my home you know, I, 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 there is that safe space that I can come back to, right? And, yeah. you know, my, my kids are taken care of, my husband is supportive, there's nothing wrong with the marriage and all that. Can I, then I dare to venture out and start this thing. If not, if let's say some things are not working in the family, I wouldn't have taken this step to be an entrepreneur because that would just have been a distraction and it wouldn't work out in the end as well. Yeah. So, so whenever I meet with setbacks and all that my husband is the go-to person to just talk it out and and just even if he doesn't say anything or give me any solutions at least there's somebody there to listen to me yeah uh, i think it's very important to find this support i mean in in, in life uh. 
Um, some, I mean, I believe some of us, we have like, you know, our parents who can be the listeners. Um, some yeah. of them is like our spouse and some of them even have their kids as a listener. That's you know? right. So you need to find that person that you really can fully rely on, trust 100%. You mm. know? Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. Okay, that's great. All right. So um, I think it's, um, we are almost there ready for today. Um, Josephine, so... For you to summarize, right, what will be the three messages to bring home today about um, motherhood? Wow, three, yeah. Hmm. (laughs) (laughs) Or maybe two. (laughs) I only live by my one principle. Okay, maybe two. Um, Is you know what, know what you want. So that's that's most important. It's about knowing what you want. And then how to get there, it will just fall into place. But you just need to know uh, what you want first mm. and then secondly would be getting your family right because if family is not stable then everything else will eventually also fall apart right so these are the two things that i really live by okay yeah. so if um if let's say any of our audiences here who you know wants to reach out to you right um is there any way that they can reach out to you uh yes they can they can email me or they can go through voice space as well Ah, okay. Okay. Can, no problem. Um, sure. I will share, probably I will share your information later in our voice space, huh? if you yep. don't mind. Okay. Yes, yep. Um, how about yourself, Camilla? So what will be the um, three key messages to bring back um, in terms of women in business? Mm, I think from a business perspective, the first point is running a business is difficult. Acknowledge mm. it and accept it. <laughs> <laughs> okay. It's difficult. It's never easy. Uh, to spend time um with yourself to reflect. You know, spend time with yourself to also get to know yourself in this journey as an entrepreneur. And um, the last thing is to be patient with yourself. That we don't have to know everything as a boss. We need to know a lot. Yes, but not yeah. everything. Yeah. Um and. Yeah, be patient yourself to allow yourself that space to learn also as you grow in this journey as an entrepreneur. That will be my three. <laughs> okay, I think that's 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 very um, useful. Okay, mm-hmm. so um, once again, thank you for both of your time today and also everyone who is here. Hope that you have learned something. I mean, I um the the five key messages to me is it's very useful and very practical. Um, to in terms of for me because even though I'm not a woman but I run business and also I am a son of a, a parent right so mm. at least I know from a mother of a parents how do you all see things yeah and I think that's very, that's very very impactful so um, so we'll be having another talk show next week details will be posted in our Facebook Instagram and also our web app very soon if you like what voice space is doing please like and share as well and uh, if possible, please um, visit our crowdfunding site. Information is all in our Facebook, Telegram, and web app. So thank you very much. Um, and um, once again, thank you, Camilla, and also Josephine for your time today. It's a very, very great sharing. And we hope to have another session with you all on another topics, maybe. Mm. Sure, okay. thanks for having us. Yeah, yeah. No mm. problem. Thank you. All right. Thank you very much and have a great weekend, everybody. Bye-bye. Bye. Bye. Bye.